The more you know, the more you know, the more you know, it's the more you know. Hello, everybody, and welcome to More You Noble Sports Podcast. I am Mike Noble. I'm joined alongside Caleb Noble. Uh, happy Tuesday. No, Monday. Good Lord. See, this is what happens when you're a teacher and you're off all summer. You're not really quite sure where you, where you sit, what day it is. However, unfortunately, next week I have to start thinking about the real life. So that's where we are right now. Um, we are super, super excited today to uh, have a special guest. We've had special guests throughout the last few weeks. And it's always fun for Caleb and I to be able to do this and to talk with with people who are just as passionate about sports as well as other subjects as we are. Um, with that being said, all the way, starting, it started from the bottom, now he's here. Freeburg, Illinois, to the STL, to the NYC, to Smashville, right? Skateboard, three-point chucking, skateboard loving, IPA chucking, Comic-Con following, <laughs> widespread digging hippie like me, a brother from another mother, way back when, he might live in Nashville, but when it comes to hip-hop and the New York Knicks, this man lives in a New York state of mind. Everybody, Rob Wallace. Hey, Mike, Caleb, thanks for having me on, guys. What a great introduction. I appreciate that. <laughs> Do you want me to record that and cut Oh, yeah. Everywhere you go. Oh, yeah. Every room I walk in for the rest of my life. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> I think that would be fantastic. I think that would be Abs- fantastic. It's so good to have you on. Thank goodness. Hey, we had a little little problem with te- technology, right? I'm st- we're still figuring this Anchor app is kind of finicky, but it's getting so much better. So it's great to have you on. We got a ton to talk about today. Uh, so thanks for taking your time out, dude. How are things there in Nashville? Everything's great, and uh, you'll be happy to know at least down last week. <laughs> so my kids are already oh, yeah. in it, man. <laughs> Good for you, but bad for those teachers. Yeah, right. As of right now, where we sit today, August the yep, 8th, 9th, all right, this is my last year, man. My last year teaching, I'm pretty excited about that. So going back next week is just like, whatever. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Get it in, get it in, get it out. Get it in, get it out. And what's going on with our lives. Um, how are things as far as is all the talk where you are right now, the SEC and Titans football? Yeah, that's the big time talk down. I, I figured that's where you were sitting. That's where it was. Yeah, and uh, as you had mentioned, I was up in the New York City area up until I've been in Nashville now for about exactly two years. And um, the real exciting thing about being down here is I'm really in a uh, – a I mean, back in St. Louis, we definitely had our spread out. Notre Dame, Michigan, Big Ten, Big 12, Big 8 going back. Um, but you did have your fans. Up in New York, uh, although there's a lot of sports fans, you did not see that uh, college football love. Um, but uh, – right away and I was real excited to be and I'm excited to be in it there's college football talk constantly and then yeah of course they uh, love their uh, Titans for sure down here they're always excited about the Titans and they have some uh, it with good reason to absolutely well um I, the Titans if they get anyone on defense to step up they're gonna be good but I don't know if I trust their defense as of right now at least <laughs> where it stands no, I think that's um, 
It's very fair. Robbie, breaking up a little bit, bud. You good? Sorry about that. No, you're good. <laughs> no worries. No worries. Uh, I, yeah, I think Tennessee will be just fine. I think they'll be just fine. But I, the SEC hotbed, Caleb's wanting to transfer, hopefully, to maybe the University of Florida. So he's going to be right in the middle of that SEC hotbed here soon. So pretty excited about that situation as well. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, I just spent the um... – uh, a couple of days with a buddy of mine that graduated from the University of Florida that came in to uh, hang out for a couple of days. So big uh, Gators fan there. Fantastic. His first purchase is going to be a Tebow jersey, I think. Is that going to be a Jacksonville one or are you going to go with the old school? Or maybe even the Mets jersey. <laughs> I think, the, yeah, I I think, think the Mets one's off the table. <laughs> All right, just a couple things. Let's start Cardinals talk, and then we've got a few things that I don't want to spend a ton of time. We spent a lot of time Friday talking out the Cardinals. Um, and you and I have talked, Rob, via via text and via messaging quite a bit about this team. Uh, last night, I think it's, it's quite apropos. Mike Shannon says, and I quote, there is no sugarcoating. This team just isn't very good. When you got, when you got the, the man, Mike Shannon, saying that, I wonder what kind. I wonder what the players think about that. Yeah, I mean, Mike, who's you know been generally a positive presence, you know, over our entire lifetime up in the booth for the Cardinals. Yeah, to have him discouraging, but I mean, he's he's speaking the truth. Um, not so discouraged by the car. Lived up to my expectations this year. I thought they were about a 500 ball club. And where do we sit? A game back, uh, a game uh, below 500 right now? Yep, just can never get over the hump. Yeah, never never really could get over the hump. They had that run early in the season. But I I, I mean, I think this team has played up to what my personal expectations are. And seeing uh, with the the, the poor, uh, in my opinion, the poor management, those expectations. They certainly. We're losing you again. The dugout certainly had. You good? Let's see. Let's try this. <laughs> All right. All right. Is that a little bit better? That's. All right. Great. With, the, with them not getting any uh, help from, uh, if anything, that exceeded my personal expectations. Yeah, yeah, I, and I think you and I have talked, and Caleb and I have talked quite a bit on here. It's kind of a boring baseball team, and it shouldn't be. Tyler O'Neill is fun to watch. Harrison Bader is fun to watch. We have one, we have the best third baseman in baseball. It, this should not be as boring as it is. I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know. I just think I, I the way that they play, I, it's almost boring now. Obviously, it's going to be boring because I have no hopes of them doing anything. So even if they win, it's like, okay, cool, I'm excited for two minutes. And then I realized that it means nothing, that they just won it. Okay, they won the game. Who cares? I saw somebody post on Twitter yesterday that with every win, it's just costing us a spot in the draft order. <laughs> no, that, that, that's absolutely true. They could have won all three against Kansas City. They could have lost all three against Kansas City. I think what you know your goals need to be for the rest of the season is to see what, what you have as far as some of these young players uh, – moving ahead because as I said uh, in my opinion they've lived up maybe even exceeded my own personal expectations this year I'm honestly scared of the and I don't know if this is what we want to get into now 
but I'm I'm scared of what this team's going to be in next season. That's what really worries me. I don't know what the identity is moving forward. I don't know what this lineup looks like moving forward. Caleb and I just literally three nights ago, before we went on on our when we did our last podcast, so four nights ago, had this exact conversation, and I said almost word for word, Rob, what you just said. I don't know what next year looks like. You're getting another year older Goldie, and Goldie's been great, mm-hmm. but he's still sitting in the 700s in OPS. So it's mm-hmm. not like he's killing, killing. He everybody. got. I think he might have got over 800 last night. Hey, all right. I don't know that he did, but I'll give you that. I'll give that he did. Tyler O'Neill is going to be a year older. He's fun. I don't know. But he's entering his prime, right? Let's hope. Yeah. Bader, let's hope. Carlson, let's hope. Carlson's 20. Nolan, we. I, I don't worry about Nolan. There's some. There's. Obviously, we saw some regression when you leave Coors Field. Your numbers are going to drop, but but his numbers really haven't dropped across the board that terribly. The only number that's dropped is is his um his power numbers, obviously, because that's just going to happen no matter who you are and how good you are when you leave Coors, unless you're Gigi Lemayhew. He still pays for down. 35 home runs. I know, but he was like hitting 40. Right, you're right. <laughs> and his average, but that's just common when you're in Coors Field. You hit any kind of loopy fly ball, it's a hit. It's a hit because no one's no one's playing you back because the ball is going to carry. Right. So those two things, if you didn't, ex- if you expect him to hit more home runs at bat for a higher average, that's on you. And his defense has just been incredible to watch every night. He makes one, weird errors every now and then. I think he was, it was weird during the season, early in the season, he was making a lot of errors and it was strange. A lot of times that the stopped shift, too. That stopped. I think he's gotten more comfortable of where they're positioning him and everything. But I think this season next year is a wash if they don't get Correa or Story. And it's honestly that black and white for me. If they don't get either of those two. It's going to be the same story, the same thing next year. You cannot no have. Intended, or you cannot you have. With the story I get there. it, but whatever. <laughs> you cannot have Colby Young, Tommy Edmond, slash no. whoever the hell at second base. I think next year, if you don't go in with your opening days, middle infield being Correa slash Story and Nolan Gorman, then you've lost all the players immediately. In my opinion, uh, Caleb. Caleb, I think you're right. I, I think they've got to go hard after. Story would be my preferred one. I think you might be able to get him um, at a pretty solid deal. Now, again, and I don't want to be you know negative Nancy here, but are we sure that Nolan's not opting out? I mean, if it's you, would you not opt out? I, I would Personally, I don't think he is right now, and here's why. This is only one year. Uh, mm-hmm. He watched Jack, who was – setting the world on front was probably going to be the, the starter for the all-star game get hurt. I mean, it was eight. No, when he got hurt, yep. uh, Mike was got hurt, right. Or never really came back, which we never knew. Hicks gets hurt early on. You've got all the COVID Dakota. crap. Dakota's out. I, if I'm Nolan, I think he'd be crazy in a collective bargaining year to try to get a better contract. His contract pretty killer right now as it is. I mean, for him, yeah. he's making a lot of Jack. He's living in St. Louis, which goes a lot further than it would have in Denver. And sure. you know, I know he's always talked about L.A. He's not going to the Angels. And they just signed Justin Turner last year. I don't think he's going to the Dodgers. And I, he's not going to the Padres. They got Manny Machado. Well, I, think, I don't see no one going to the Yankees. Um, I, I just I think he's talked about, and again, this could all be lip service. You never know. Mm-hmm. I just always try to take somebody at their word, right? Whatever they say, sure. face value, I try to take them that way. He absolutely, from all accounts, loves it here. He loves playing in front of the Bush Stadium crowd, which right now is a finicky crowd. But I still love <laughs> yeah. it, right? I mean, and, and even as bad as it's been, we're still not eliminated. Like, he could be still in, in Colorado where they're 28 games out of first place or whatever it is. 
So that's no, one it, thing. It, and I could be wrong. He could say, no, and, screw you, St. No. Louis, I'm out. I don't see that he happening. He has said he loves it, and there's been reports. Everyone has talked to anyone around him. He absolutely loves it here. He said he's been, he said he had an interview, and he was, like, laughing. He was like, it's funny how you have a bad team for it. You have a tough stretch, and people start talking about that stuff. But I'm not thinking about leaving. I haven't even thought about it. I want to finish my career here. And who says if we don't win this year, it's not going to be next year. Or the year after, he was like, he said, anyone who thinks they're going to go somewhere in one year and automatically win a championship is crazy. That doesn't happen. So I have no, I have no reason to believe he's leaving. He's making over thirty million dollars a year. He's not getting that anywhere else because the only teams that would give him that, I mean, the Dodgers have Trey Turner, Gavin Lux, and Justin, Justin Turner, Turner coming back right. next year. And I mean, I've heard everywhere that's where he wanted to go for the longest time. They're not going to just do away with Justin Turner. And they're already pushing $300 million on the salary cap, so they're not going to do that. If anything, they'll bring back Seager. So I don't see any way he leaves this year. Now, if next year is more of the same, that's when you have to start worrying. But that, I, I think if you're Mo, you have to do everything in your power to make sure that that's not the case. Which was part of the agreement when he came here, right, Rob? Like, when he came here, it was mm-hmm. Mo and the boys said, we will build around you. And I don't think you could do that. Like, it was harder. The free agent class was not great this year. No. Right? The free agent class next year is much better. You're coming off a COVID year. I, I think Mo and the boys, and, and I've been very critical, obviously, about them because that's my – I mean, I believe Cardinal, Cardinal Red, right? So, I, I've been critical, but I think next year is the everybody's under the gun year. Do you agree with that? Yeah, like I said, next year is super, super, super important. And I'll say you you convinced me. I'm I'm feeling better about him sticking around. Um, like you said, not not many suitors. Um, just um, although on the outside um, looking in, it doesn't appear that the organization has much of a plan. It really doesn't matter um, what I think. Um, as long as they're selling it to him that there's a plan, that's what's important. And, uh, you know, coming off of Colorado and, you know, and him enjoying the crowd and whatnot, I mean, I, and most importantly, just not the suitors. If you don't have the suitors, then there's no reason to walk away from your $30 million deal. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> and also, I just think co- the collective bargaining thing is huge. Like, I, he's got guaranteed money coming. Yeah. Yes, he wants to win, but – Every person, the dollar talk. Like, I don't care who you are. I don't care what profession you are. And, money and let's be fair. We're critical. We watch them every day. St. Louis, from everyone that's ever played here, everyone loves it. I've never heard someone leave St. Louis and talk bad about it. Except Tino Martinez. No one cares about him. <laughs> Except for Tino Martinez. Oh, man. Um, everyone that leaves here says they love it. Everyone that leaves here recommends other people to come here. It's more the same in L.A. Everyone's like, if you, you have a chance to play for the Dodgers. Take it. Which is the scary team for him to go to. But, but he's not going to go there because so. not only that, I think he – I genuinely think he likes it here. He's really good friends with Goldie. He won, he's been, he said he, had a, he was doing a recruitment tape to get Yachty and Wayno back for one more yeah. year. I think if you're going into this offseason, and I don't really care too much to talk about any of the Royals games because I don't care. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah, If absolutely. you're going into next year, the first order of business, don't let the Yachty thing drag out. Sign him. Sign him. One year. One year. Yep. One year. Bring I him think back. we're all in agreement on that. Bring I'm sorry. You, did, I'm sorry, Caleb. Did you say Yachty bring him back for one year? One year, yeah. Yo, yeah, oh, absolutely. Get him back one year. Get Wayno back one year. Put a plan in place to where Kisner and Yachty, Kisner play 60 games at least. At mm-hmm. bare minimum, 60, probably 70. Put that in place so Yachty's fresh for the playoffs that they can get there. Wayno needs to come back, and you address the bullpen and go get Correa or Story. 
And I think the good thing that if you're Mo is one, you've got the young outfield that you really almost don't have. Like you can leave that alone right now. It's absolutely you've got, dream, you've got O'Neal, Bader, and Carlson, and they're incredible defensively. And I agree with the synopsis of for Bader, anything he does offensively just puts him up the run uh, in center fielders. You know what I mean? So I oh, think absolutely. And you're good on the corners. So you have a ton of money. Carpenter's off the books. Carlos, we know that he's riding his ass out of out of St. Louis. Andrew um, Miller. Andrew Miller's off the books. Kim, I don't see them re-signing Kim. He's cheap, though. Yeah. I, even still, I, I think they are sitting on over a, almost $100 million less and that, and that, than what they have yeah, now. And that's and away from the cap, I mean, not the cap, the um, luxury tax, they are really far away from that thing. Like, even if they got up to $180 million, I don't know if they'd want to do that. But they could do that pretty easily and get some really good players in here. I I don't know. I don't see a way that you come back to Nolan Arenado and say that we're going to run the same team out yeah, there. Yeah, I agree. You can't do that, and I don't think there's yeah. stupid enough to do that. And to be fair to Mo, I I don't love him. I really don't. I probably shouldn't be saying that because I might be employed by them in a little <laughs> bit. But um, he he does bring in guys. He he likes to trade, which worries me. Sure. Because I don't want Correa. I mean, I don't want anyone really but those three guys. Sorry, Seager, I don't want. And that's probably not going to be the guy we end up with because he'll get hurt a week into the season. But I don't see how you bring this team to Nolan and say, well, we got Dakota Hudson and Jack back, so here you go. Right. Go score your three runs a game and hope that they hold it every time. But we've seen not all three outs are built the same. Yeah, you can get three outs when you're up 8-1. to one. Sometimes, not even. But if it's 3-1, to one, that other team has smells the blood in the water. And they're going to come for you. And it's not easy to get three out in the eighth and the ninth when you're up by two. So go get one of those guys. Craig, I don't know who they're going to have to go get in the bullpen, but they've got to get almost two or three guys out there. I think. Well, and I also, and Rob, I'd like to get your talk take on this too. Think that here, here's a big fix too. If you've got Jack, a healthy Jack, mm-hmm. and again, every baseball team lives on the word if, right? There's, oh, I mean, it work. seems like the Cardinals were always saying if. But if you got Jack, if you got Dakota, if you've got Wayno, if you've got Miles, and let's say it's a, let's say it's Libertor, or let's say it's a Zach Tom, whoever it is, those guys will go six or seven innings for you. That changes. Our guys are going four innings every night, and so now you've got Ponce in the bullpen, you've got Hicks back, you've got Reyes in the bullpen, Oviedo. you've got Oviedo in the bullpen, you've got Genesis Cabrera, you've got Gio. That's a damn good bullpen. Oh, yeah. Going into the season, I was in love with the bullpen. And like you said, that was based off of the, you know, getting some quality starts from your um, from your starting pitching. I was in love with the bullpen. And I think, you know, under the right circumstances, I can still be in love with that bullpen. Like uh, Caleb mentioned, you need to go out there and you need to get two or three guys. Um, I, 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 I the one thing about the Cardinal bullpen that does uh, frustrate me a little bit is I feel like guys in the Cardinal bullpen are getting warmed up in the game. <laughs> and when, you yes. know, and when, and when you're, I, I, I need you to get into the game ready to get out. This isn't a Maddie Moe uh, back twenty years ago who it took him three innings to settle down. Like yeah, you're, you're coming out of the bullpen, you have to be settled down when you get in there. So yeah. I'd like to see them improve on that. And I, I think, on going to that point, I agree. I've seen Alex Reyes go out there and look like he doesn't know where the ball is going for 12 pitches, and then he settles down and gets three outs. Mm-hmm. But I think all those three guys, I mean, other than Gio, so I won't put Gio in there, but Henesis and, um, and Reyes, they're new. They haven't been in pressure situations 
like this ever before. I mean, there's no reason for me to think that they're going to digress or regress. Sorry. Yeah. yeah I, I would think, fun. I would think, yeah. I would think that they're going to only, like, they're going to have now, they're going to have a whole season under both of their belts of mm-hmm. being high quality, like, high leverage relievers. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I can't be understated how important that is to have experience. That's why you look at Craig Kimbrell, he was able to come back and be who he is. He's been in that position hundreds of times in his life. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, I would think those guys are only going to get better. I'm optimistic, but cautiously about Jordan Hicks. I hope he's healthy. Same. I almost hope he comes back at third 97, because at 97, just as much as 102. Stop hurting yourself. You're too skinny to throw that hard. I think that's <laughs> honestly what it's come down to. And I don't know. And I don't know, man. I think their bullpen would be really good, and I think you would be seeing a top-of-the-line bullpen. But it's almost like every day is a worst-case scenario start from our team for other teams. Well, the, again, I, do, well, I also don't – I just don't think when you're looking at you're going five in a row with Wayno, Lester, Hap, can you not can you not say that anymore <laughs> right like I, I i mean i don't know like you know i want to blame mike Sh- i want to find like everybody wants to blame someone right that's how sports are that's how life is we want hey who do you blame who's at fault i don't think there's any like i do believe mo didn't do enough and i will continue to ride that horse he got nolan and just kind of sat back now I don't know what the other options were. I don't know you Trevor and I. Bauer? You and I. There wow, let's not do that guy. I'm glad we don't have Trevor Bauer. That, well, that's what we're saying though. Like, look at who was out there. Tywan Walker was good. He's been terrible his last ten starts. Yeah, yeah. I He's mean, been awful. And you look at everyone else. James Paxton out for the year. Right. I mean, who do you? I mean, James and Tyon's been great. James and Tyon is. Last two months. Yeah, but he got traded for in division. It would be in division. Yeah. Not to mention he came up as second time with John surgery. Which is which is why I'm so, okay to give Mo a little pat. Like I, I hate to say that, but now you've got to do something. Like now the pressure has to be on, right? And also, here's your thing. Not only do we have all the money coming off the books, Caleb and I've been to probably ten games, fifteen games. I, I don't know. I've been a lot. What, whatever, whatever the number is. Ballpark Village, Rob, is hot. Yeah. It's awesome. Hopping. Like every night it's full of twenty somethings that are just housing beers. Yep. Maybe a little so, younger than 20, well, but I mean, that, so they've got to be like just pulling catch in right now. Well, you, that's great. And it's funny that you mentioned 20 somethings because I'm looking at the age of these starters that we're just talking about. And we're talking about 38, 37, 37, 39. These guys, these, these guys should <laughs> be coming at the, these, these guys should be winding down their slow pitch softball careers here. Yeah. I mean, at times it looks like they are, Rob. At times it does look like yeah. they are. All right. No. Okay. Yeah, let's relax. <laughs> okay, Rob, as someone who spent a lot of time in New York, right, did you ever find yourself rooting for the Mets or the Yankees? No. God, okay. no. Uh, it's funny, Mike, that you mentioned that. I literally worked right next door to City Field. I mean, right next door to City Field. And I worked with a bunch of Mets fans. And I explained to them, I said, you guys have to understand, as far as I'm concerned, that's the gates of hell right there. <laughs> when I, was, I go, it was called Shea Stadium. It was a different building, but it was right there in the shadows of that ballpark. And no, Mike, I never found myself rooting for uh, – I, I never changed any of my uh, allegiances once I got to New York. I still hated the Mets. Um, I never – hated the Yankees. I was not really one of those guys. I, you know, growing up in our era, it was such a separate thing with no interleague play. There was a difference between the American league and there was a difference between the national league. So I never really had that um, dislike 
for the Yankees, even when Steinbrenner was paying everybody and was, you know, using the Expos and the uh, Athletics as his farm club. <laughs> it was like, that was just like a whole nother world to me. But no, I absolutely under, I only Mets games I ever went to was when I was going to watch the Cardinals play at uh, City Field, which was a great ballpark. It's funny because guys like you, you're a, how old are you now, Rob? Let's throw that out. Uh, I'm going, no, 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 it's all right. I'm going on 46. Okay, and just like, so yeah, just like I'm you, 47. just like you. Yeah, and just like you, like, I remember the 82 team. That's when yep. I started. I remember that same. team almost like it was yesterday. Yep, same. And and it's funny because, like, Caleb, and obviously he's grown up, and I'm speaking for you, but I'm just witnessing this, and I'll let you talk if you want. But the teams we hate are, like, he hate your generation, the Cubs, the Reds, the Brewers, right, in, in the division. When Rob and I grew up, it was the Mets. I hate mm. the Mets. It was the Mets. They were pond scum, right? We had the, those shirts were everywhere. Um it, it was the Mets with the battles, and it was the Giants. You had the battles with the Giants. And oh, the yeah. Yep. The Dodgers. The yep. Cubs were irrelevant. The Reds were irrelevant until the late 80s when, when Eric Davis took off. You know, those two, the Brewers were in the American League. You know? The Astros yeah, the, Ast- were the Astros were in the the Astros were in the West. The Phillies yeah. were uh, the Phillies were in our division, but they were inconsistent. You yeah. never, uh, you know, in the we Pirates and then the, the and, and until and until the, the yes. yeah, and until that late uh, last couple of years of the eighties, right into up until nineties, the Pirates were you know just what they've been basically since that little three yeah. four year run. I what I well I've grown up I haven't I've never been a really like oh hate the team thing like that's never been my thing. I, I hated the Reds when they had Brandon Phillips and Johnny Cueto. Now I'm kind of like, whatever. They're the Reds. They're, they're just almost like we are, except for they're more exciting. The Brewers, I don't hate the Brewers. I hated them when they had Nigel Morgan and Ryan Braun. I'm over that. I kind of like them now. They're fun. They're actually doing something to make their team better. I, I can't, I've never hated the Cubs, and I know I'm supposed to, <laughs> but they were always so, so bad when I grew up. I hated Dusty Baker, don't get me wrong, but I never hated them because they were just like there. It was like, okay, we'll go to the games and there'll be Cubs fans with Alfonso Soriano jerseys on. Cool. But they're not going to beat us. So why do I care? I'm Pujols. Pujols in my holiday are probably going to hit two home runs each. And they're going to lose. So I don't really hate them. I started to hate them when Chris Bryant started talking shit because I agreed with him. But I didn't because <laughs> he, was, he was on the Cubs. But other than that, like I don't hate many teams. I really don't like the Mets. I don't really even know why. I think it's their colors. I don't like orange and blue together. I'm sorry. I know you're a Knicks fan. I don't like it. But I hate – I don't know. I don't hate many teams. I hated the Astros for a year. I'm over it. I think the big difference also, one between also and video games make a huge difference for your guys. Like the video games you're playing now, not anywhere close to what I was playing. Right? Not anywhere anywhere close to what I was playing. playing, Right, right. But also I think the advent of social media has made it harder – to maybe hate players and teams because you do get to know a lot of these guys and you get to realize, Hey, Nick Castellano stands over Jake Woodford and points at him, but he's not doing that because he's a dick. He's doing that to fire his team up. And Hey, this guy does a lot of good in, in all avenues of life. Awesome. So it's hard to hate Nick Castellano. Hey, Anthony Rizzo's a cub, right? And we don't like that because he's a cub, but everything he has done off the field, present stuff happening, whatever. excluded, but he's, whatever. He's awesome. Right, right, exactly. And I think that, like, Rob and I didn't know, like, Jeff Leonard didn't have a Twitter. You know, we, no. we, we didn't have a direct line <laughs> to Will Clark on Instagram. Well, or, we missed, we missed out on, we missed out on that. Would it not have been awesome if Daryl Strawberry and Dwight Gooden and Vince Coleman had Instagram? 
Oh, it been fantastic. Not for them. Like I'm imagine, kidding. imagine we are rolling down right now. We're rolling right down Manhattan. I don't know. I don't want to know how Doc Gooden would have used his <laughs> would have used his platforms. Oh, I don't. That would have been an interesting. Also, thing conversely, see. just imagine Whitey with like Twitter. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm fan. Hey, uh, for, uh, first of all, shout out to RBI Baseball. And, um... Absolutely. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's making it right now. It's yeah, it's, it's made a resurgence. <laughs> it's not making a resurgence, it's trying to. I mean, I'm I spent a lot of days playing right Madden, NHL, the early days of Madden, NHL, and RBI Baseball. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the, the NHL, just those scenes and swingers with the NHL was fantastic. Um, and only to be with the Penguins, and you win. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you brought up uh, Doc Gooden, and I remember his rookie year, and, I mean, that was the – that was the rage. That was our uh, Fernando mania was mm-hmm. when, uh, you know, when uh, Dwight was a rookie. And uh, I remember getting tickets. The Cardinals were playing an afternoon game against the Mets. And uh, my dad had gotten tickets the day before. We had great seats. We were in the second level right behind, behind home plate at the Old Bush. And it was – check out this matchup, Mike. We had um, Dwight Gooden versus Joaquin Andahar. It was the game. Oh yeah. Saturday afternoon game of the week. And I can't remember many of the particulars of the game, except we beat Doc Gooden. He did not have a great game that day. So I need to look that up sometime. Check out that game. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'll know. Yeah. But, uh, ben, ben Scully and Bob Cost are um, um, killed Graziola on the call. Well, oh. pro- I'm a, yeah, I'm assuming so. And then one other thing talking about going back to that, that rivalry as well. The big disheartening thing I always had about that Cardinal-Mets rivalry, as much as we hated them, and, you know, and it was like, then I found out, like, Davey Johnson and Whitey Herzog would go fishing and hunting together in the <laughs> offseason. I'm like, well, wait a second, what? Uh-huh. How is that allowed? Yeah, yeah those were some fun. Those 80s teams were fun until they weren't. And then, exactly. yeah, <laughs> it, that was a different breed of human that it, played baseball. It was a then. definite different breed. You know of how human. you know you think back at it and you think about Nolan Ryan pitching with the bloody nose, all that stuff, and everyone's like, "These guys were tough. These were real men. They were actually really big pussies. <laughs> like you had a home run off them, and they are so hurt that they are going to try and injure you with ninety-seven in the head <laughs> because they're so sad that you just beat them. The other guy next who didn't do shit." Is going to potentially go to the hospital. Yeah, because that's they're what... mad that you just scored off them. Yeah, and and, and that's why you... like the big tough guys. Like I wouldn't want to stand in the box against Rob Dibble after someone in front of me hit a home run. But why was he so mad? <laughs> Don't give up the home run. You throw a hundred and two. Yep. Hey, this is this is why uh, Whitey Ball was hit and run and run and not play the long ball. It was for longevity of these guys' careers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, and they were all like they were all like skinny and they all just ran. It was great. Oh yeah, I remember. I, I can't even tell you how many times I saw Daryl Porter steal bases. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know that uh, Tom Lawless did. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah give, give the man some damn respect. He has the yeah. best bat flip ever for a ball that went 315 feet. <laughs> yeah. I, it was 330 down the line. And, and, I, and he only hit like – that, that man's ballsy for doing that. I don't even think he barreled it. He just he was like, if it goes up, it's going to be cool. Yeah. And I, I think Lawless only hit like four home runs ever. I mean, you have to I, yeah. look it up. But, I mean, it's like a ridiculously low number. And he will forever be remembered for that one. That's oh, absolutely. Fair. All right. Well, let's switch gears a little bit because I, I, Caleb hit on it a little bit and I hit a, on it a little bit earlier. 
Um, it's nice to have a Knicks fan in here because Kevin and I talk to – we talk a lot about the NBA. It's, it's We love it. Um, yeah, yeah. You love it as well. I mm-hmm. think it's good when the Knicks are good, right? I, <laughs> I, I do. I, I mean, going back, obviously, as a Jordan fan and a, and a Bulls fan, it was always good when we were facing Allen Houston or we were – you know, and we were facing John Starks and we were facing Patrick Ewing. Like, those teams were, were great. Oakley, those teams were great, right? Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. it was good for basketball when Madison Square Garden is hopping. So let's talk a little bit about the Knicks, all right? Sure. Um, just a little bit. I'm sure that you are heartbroken, and you probably are going to have to put your jersey away to say wave Norval Pell or Pelly. I don't even know how you – I've never even heard of the guy. <laughs> he was from Iona? Is that what I read? Like he's from Iona? Yeah, I think you're right there, yep. Okay, all right. That's, so that's all I know about him. Well – Mike, when it comes to some of these things, I want to try to let the past be the past. I don't want to think about Jerome James. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to think about trading for Eddie Curry. I don't want to yeah. think about Isaiah Thomas being president <laughs> of the organization. I don't want to think about Le- – I think we're still paying Larry Brown like a couple million dollars a year. So Larry I think Brown we're still- and Bobby Bonilla really did New York. <laughs> they did. I think Shannon I Anderson still getting paid. Um. I, I'll be honest with you, I, for the first time in, you know, as a long-suffering Knicks fan, I think that Leon Rose and Scott Perry have a plan. I don't know exactly what the plan is, but they're doing some things that make sense to me. Um, you know, we didn't have high... We didn't have um, high picks in the draft. So when you don't have high picks in the draft, your best thing to do, in my opinion, is to maybe do some trading and get more picks in the draft. The and Knicks they, did were, that. They, they did that. And they got some talent. I think they got two guys that can get into the um, into the rotation. Um, Sims and, and uh, McBride? McBride and uh, uh, Grimes. And then – Okay, let me, let me stop you really quickly because I have a question for you as a fan. All right. Sure. And you probably know the team a little bit better than like I, I pay attention from afar, like not sure, as a sure. fan, but just by following the game. The, the getting Quentin Grimes and then signing mm-hmm. Alec Burks. Yes. Does that make like th- does that tell you they're going like I'm confused by that move? Okay, so I think in in, in, in even just drafting Grimes when you do have two young shooting guards and RJ Barrett, who I'm expecting to make a big big jump this year. Um, and Emmanuel quickly, um, and then you bring in Grimes, and then you know, like as you had mentioned, you sign Burks to the uh, extension. I, in, in my opinion, again, this is a down free agent year. There's not a lot of like max guys out there. There weren't a lot of big moves for the Knicks to make this year. So I think what they're doing is I think they're stockpiling some of this young talent. I think they want to have assets, and I think. I think the team going in this year is better than probably an overachieving team last year. Um, and the East is getting better. There's no doubt about that. But I think they're try- my guess is that they're trying to have some of these young assets to put a package deal together next year. So if a uh, Dane uh, comes available, if uh, St. Louis's own Bradley Beal becomes available, they can make an attractive package to one of these clubs. That's did it. they sign Kemba Walker? Uh, they did, and it's funny that you. So they did sign Kemba Caleb, and I they so Caleb had gotten traded. 
uh, to the Thunder, and yeah. the Thunder, the and the Thunder bought him out. He had um, he had quite a bit of money left, so they bought him out. So he became a, a, a free agent. The Knicks signed him to a two-year deal, and I think at eight or nine million per year. Now I love Kimba Walker. He's a guy that's loved in the NBA. He's loved in locker rooms. Uh, so I'm excited about having him on the Knicks. Now the question is going to be with Kimba is he's coming off this achy knee. I think he got some stem cell stuff done. So it's definitely a big question mark with his knee. And then when you look at, you know, um, and I think you go into the season expecting him to be the starter if he's healthy. And then you have obviously an aging Derek Rose behind him, but they did sign Kemba. They signed him to low risk. But like I said, this deal, because, you, you know, Mike, you know, as well as I do, generally what the Knicks would do is they would just would have traded for Kemba and not let him get bought out. And they would have paid out the rest of his contract. That is exactly so, correct. <laughs> so we're making progress is what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, and, and even if Kemba does get hurt, and, and hey, that's, he will. It, it's, it's, it's likely he's a good veteran guy on a really, really young team that I think could, his presence there can only help at a fairly low sum. And I think it, with, the, with the advent of the G League, teams are looking at the draft, some teams, especially probably a team like the Knicks and the, and the Bulls and teams like this, are looking at the draft a little differently where they can stockpile young talent. They can get them to play, even if they're not playing in the NBA rotation. They can get them some games. And, mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen G League guys come up and be very, very, very successful. Chris Middleton, one of those guys. So, you know, I mean, I, I think that's – I'm just confused. They have 47 guards. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm just and so best players in our I'm just so confused. Now, you do get Mitchell Robinson back, which I think he showed a lot of promise last year. And, and to play alongside Randall, that makes a big difference. I, I, you mentioned R.J. Barrett. I, I, he made huge strides, I thought, this year. I thought he coming out of the draft was going to be – I obviously, other than Zion, I don't think he could have been the second best player in that draft when and he, he was coming out. He's playing, he played very well this year. So you've got some, I mean, and you drafted Jericho Sims out of Texas. Um, obviously, he wasn't a big starter at Texas. I was kind of shocked by that, but it was a late round pick. That was, what, number 58 or something like that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd be fairly surprised if he ends up making the team. Yeah, I, he'll probably end up at the G League. Again, like you said, so you have the, that G League to fall back yeah. on, which is fantastic. And uh, you draft a guy out of Lithuania, the, the 6'4 guard. He's definitely got has to go back to Europe for at least a year, I think it is. But that's a Euro. And, and see, and, that, and, and that's and that's great. And you know, and I and, and I'll be honest, I know virtually nothing about him. I know he's a six foot four pick and forward guy um, that people think has an upside. But they, that's the good thing about it because he's kind of got the Rubio deal where he heads over to Barcelona, where you're playing against solid European competition, and he gets to develop over there while not eating a roster spot over here. Absolutely. Win-win, like I said, the G League, I, I think it's – and you made the comment earlier, but, yeah, if you're going to have a lower pick, trade it, get mm-hmm. a couple of picks. And I think that – I think that the recipe is there. Look, here's the thing. I am a Tom Thibodeau fan. He doesn't necessarily love the young guys. He never has. He's Tony LaRusso that way a little bit. Um, so I'm going to be intrigued to see how does McBride, how, how does he work in Grimes, um, or does he just run out Kemba, Derek, and Burks – and what does he do with quickly? I, I, I'm really intrigued. Well, and, 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 and Evan Fournier, which was a oh, great fruit. Forgot. Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah, Fournier. Now, 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 in my opinion, I thought Fournier was a great signing. Now, he's coming off of a, a COVID season with the Celtics where he really didn't do um, um, what the Celtics were hoping that he would do. But, you know, last year's a, a weird year. But before that, he was averaging, I don't know, 18, 19 points with Orlando there for a couple years. And I think going – as much as I was excited about the Knicks team last year. Now, we're talking about – you know, there hasn't been a lot to be excited about for the Knicks in the last 20 years. I mean, honestly, one of the most exciting things that's happened in the Knicks franchise in the last 20 years is you had a a journeyman point guard who couldn't use his left hand, have nine great games. And, <laughs> and that's pretty much was our, was our high point. Now, going into this, into this, this past year's playoffs, I knew that Atlanta was a tough, tough matchup for us. I like you. I love Tibbs. And I was great. I was so happy to see Tibbs have a nice bounce back from his stay in Minnesota. But um, but he's always going to be a defensive-minded guy, and that's great. That's great. But I knew the Knicks were going to have trouble competing basket for basket with the Atlanta Hawks. That's just yeah. a lot, a lot of firepower, and they're and they and, and, and they're never going to be able to compete with that type of firepower. That's just not the way that the team is going to be built. But Fournier is a guy that can get you some points, you know, and, and I think that's what they're looking for. I think you're looking at a 28 year old guy uh, signed a four year deal um, um, at about 18 per, which seems to be about the going rate. And if he ends up scoring that 18 to 20 points a game, it's going to work out great for the Knicks. I, I feel uh, immediately. Um, yeah. I, I forgot about Fournier. So you throw him into that guard. Mix. Now, one of Caleb and my favorite players, and I'm speaking maybe a little bit more for me than Caleb, but I think he's on board with us. Derrick Rose, fantastic season. Loved, absolutely mm-hmm. loved seeing that. He signs the extension. Was it three years, 40 mil or something like that? Um, what? I, I, it's a resurgence. I love it. Well, in a long time. Well, I, but, but Caleb, I know Caleb, but, but, are 47. But, but Caleb, Caleb, uh, I'll be, you know, Caleb, when I heard the Knicks had re-signed, because it was, was all pretty much within like 24 hours that they had re-signed um, Noel, uh, they had re-signed Burks, and they had re-signed D. Rose all at three-year deals. And I was just like, what are you doing? Because it's like same old Knicks, you know, you're bidding against yourselves. <laughs> Who else is going against these teams? But I think to come to find out, I think those are all two-year deals, and the team owns the option on okay. all three. So, again, not perfect, but way better than three-year deals. Um, Always good for the team to control those deals. Not for oh, the player, but for yeah, the Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. With the 40 deal, I'm not positive they control that fourth year or not, but I'm not nearly as concerned about him as I would was with uh, the Rose and the Burks deals. But those deals are more like two with the team option for the third. Well, there was no doubt watching the, the – and I watched, I'd say, a handful, five to ten full Knicks games this year. The, the one thing that – and I completely forgot about Evan Fournier, just completely – that's getting my mind. You needed a guy who could stretch the, the floor a little bit, especially when the Knicks play inside the perimeter so much. And I think Fournier will really – he's going to help Julius Randle. He's going to help Mr. Oh, yeah. Robinson. He's going to help R.J. Barrett get to the rim. I mean, I, that that's a, that could be, again, if he stays healthy, which he has problems had with that in the past. Played really well in the Olympics for France this year. Yeah, um, yeah, look good. You know, I, I think that's a, that's a quality quality signing. Yeah, and, and you know, and that's not to be discounted. I think the, that guys gain confidence playing on those international teams for sure. Yeah, I 
the Olympics were fun. Yeah. They were. It was, it yeah. Was, I don't know. It was weird. It's weird to watch an Olympic. <laughs> it is, Caleb. You're right. <laughs> look at the American team and don't see all the stars. Like, I hate it. And I, it's like, I get it. We have the it. dream team, and that was obviously one of the coolest moments in basketball history. And you could have a team similar. Like, if you look at, because in like 20 years, if you look back at an Olympic team with Steph and LeBron and KD and all these guys, I mean, that'd be pretty cool to look at a team with all of the guys we have to offer. That was never going to happen this year with COVID and everything, and it being all the way to Tokyo. That just wasn't going to happen. But I, I don't know. The Knicks and the Knicks are in a tough place right now. And I know – and I, I'm not really a huge fan of teams that's in contention. Me and my dad kind of root for the – we root for the Pelicans, but, like, they're not going for anything, really. We'll see what they do. If they got to make a big signing and a move. Hey, they've made a couple good moves. We're going to talk about here in a little bit. But if you don't have a superstar, a bona fide superstar, you're not winning a championship in the NBA. You're just not. Well, you need a bona fide superstar and one, Caleb, I would argue. You're absolutely right. And I think that's what kind of where the Knicks are setting themselves up. They do not have a championship caliber team right now. I'm not trying to claim they do. I really like what, what, what they've done with what's available. But they still need that guy to go with Julius Randle. Because, I mean, as much as I love Julius Randle's year this year, I don't – you know, I, I, I think he might have been a top 20 guy this year. But I don't know that he's a top 20 guy, but I think he's a great number two. So if they can, whether it be through the trade I was talking about earlier, or you just set yourself up not being in payroll with any payroll problems where you could go after one of the bigger free agents available next year, you, yeah, it's a star-driven league. There's no doubt. It's not Moneyball in the NBA. It is a <laughs> star-driven league for sure. And the Knicks have, I think, star 1B. And they need to get a star 1A for sure. Which makes me question why New Orleans let Julius Randle get out of New Orleans. I mean, you wouldn't want those two playing next to each other? I mean, you can't really have two power forwards playing on the same I mean, you can, move, you can move Randle to the five. You can move Zion to the five. In this game. <laughs> yeah, but Mike, Mike, you, Mike, are you seeing the contract these bigs are getting? Nobody wants to be a five. <laughs> it's become a role exactly player. Right. It's and become a role player like in the five. NBA. Like, they're not, I mean, there's very few prototypical fives anymore. They're all no. spread four yeah, guys. Yeah, Zion's like 6'8". He can't be a five. He's 6'10". Give, give the man some respect. He's 6'8". <laughs> he's got to be 6'10". He's literally 6'8". You can look it up. I'm not looking at him. I'm not looking at him. He's 6'8". Okay. He's six, like Charles Barkley. He's big. Charles Barkley was 6'5", maybe. Maybe 6'4". Yeah, would you move him to the five? It's no. the same thing now. I mean, Barkley sort of played the five. Yeah, today. <laughs> when everyone's seven so, feet tall. I'll take my chances with Barkley. You leave him alone. Let's let's t- let's move on just to a few other NBA things because I do want to hit on some a couple massive trades. I want to yeah, say absolutely the one that pissed me off the most for last. So let's obviously I don't know what's going on in Chicago now. They have Lonzo Ball, but they might not have Lonzo Ball because there's tampering potentially involved, and this could cost them a draft pick and money. What's going on in Chicago? I as a lifelong Bulls fan, I don't understand this. Well, I don't know what's going on with the tampering. I just kind of got in some wind of that yesterday talking to another buddy. Um, so I don't know what's going on with the tampering. I don't know if that's – I mean, and, and it's not it, – it, it, it's the NBA, if they – you know, it's they, they have president to bust them if they wore tampering. It's not like they'll just let it go, if, you know, to let it go. Um, 
So I don't know what three to the Lakers trade. <laughs> exactly, exactly. There's there's precedence. There's there's precedence for this. I, I I really hope it. I really hope everything is fine and it is on the up and up. But I'm sure the NBA will do their investigation and they'll move forward. And uh, and because is a guy that does not like the Bulls. Um, and Mike, you and me had many discussions about that with our buddy Kyle years ago about yep. our uh, you know uh, going back and forth on that. It, I was I was honestly excited, and I mean it can only c- compete with me. But I was excited to see the Bulls look like finally all this rebuilding they've been promising for all these years. They they did it like in a a weekend. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what's gonna happen. With Leave it to that ownership to fuck it up. <laughs> That's all I can say. Yeah, I, maybe I, you guys I'm are excited for the team. I have become a massive Zach Levine fan. He went from cliche slam dunk guy that everybody thought this is what he's going to do, right? He's going to make his, his money on the slam dunk circuit. He's going to be a, a second, maybe third guard option off the bench. He has become a legit superstar. Nikola Vucevic and Caleb and I got into an argument about this the other night, in my opinion, has become a star at the center position. You trade for DeMar DeRozan. We see the, we see the development of Kobe White. You, you draft a guy like Io, who I believe probably goes to the G League. Uh, I, I'm geeked if Lonzo Ball ends up in Chicago because, and, and Caleb does not agree with me on this, and that's okay. I think it puts them in the discussion for a top four seed in the, in the, uh, in the East. I think that's a stretch. Um, you both I, I, fuckers. <laughs> no, I, 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 think, I think that's a stretch. I love everything Chicago has done. I absolutely love everything that they've done. And um, I think that if I'm a Chicago Bulls fan, I'm definitely um, excited going into next year. Uh, top four, though, Mike. I mean, I'm trying to convince myself the Knicks, who wore the fourth seed, I'm trying to convince myself that they're not going to have to be in the play-in. Um, <laughs> but, the, I, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I like the moves that they made. And, um, and, and you man, you I, see the Nikola Vucevic coming out. Wanna, he's going to become a superstar. You want to break it down to the complication that happened, which was that the Bulls are going to be better than the Miami Heat. I, uh, I mean, at what? Basketball. Zero part of basketball are they better? I think maybe they. Not are. one part of it, actually. They're worse in every aspect of the sport. <laughs> well, okay. First of all, real quick, I thought one of the I love the fact that the Bulls added DeRozan to get a pro on that team, a legitimate pro to go with those guys. I think was a great move. Okay. I long the ball was you know because of the hype of him coming into the league and his shot being so ugly. I wasn't in on him, but man, I love watching that guy improve, and he can knock down a jump shot. And I, if you would have told me three years ago the guy would be able to knock down a jump shot, I'd tell you you're absolutely crazy um i hate i hate but, to use the term because it's usually used for dudes that are the three of our size and and are white and they use the term gym rat but that's what i've heard about lonzo is that he is a gym rat like he well, is in good. there early he should I, I what i can't figure out unless it's the circus that comes with the balls why new orleans wants to let him go that's what i can't figure out well yeah and, and the guys and, and, and especially because um Zion, from all, from all accounts, Zion loved playing with him. Agreed. And it seems like Zion, you know, he's looking for a way out of New I, Orleans. Yeah. So why get rid of the guys that you know he appeared to he appeared to like uh, playing with? Um, but as far as them jumping to to Miami, I, 
I don't know, man. That that that's Miami. You know what? I was looking. At, uh, Jimmy Butler. How is Jimmy Butler only thirty-one years old? I know. I know. I know. Jimmy Butler is our favorite. He's player. my favorite player. I, I, I love Jimmy Butler, but the guy's got to be in like his nineteenth NBA season. And was he at Marquette for like five years? How, how is he only thirty-one? Like Ten years, I think, at this point. Yeah. I think, but yeah, he yeah, seems like he's. Like he's seems like they've been he, around forever. He has. I mean, I love Jimmy Butler, man. I mean, I've so here's been my thing with Miami. Fan. All right, you've got Oladipo. He can't stay healthy. He never has stayed healthy, right? You re-sign Jimmy Butler makes sense. I get that. You you re-sign Duncan Robinson. I know too I much know. money, but I still uh, like way him. too much money. You go get Kyle Lowry, thirty four, thirty five year old Kyle Lowry. Is that better than Goran Dragic or Goran Dragic? I don't know. Tyler Hero took a massive step back. I think that, and I, I, I love Bam, and, and I will never take a shot at Bam. You I have taken a shot No, I haven't. Bam. I simply you said I did. You take a personal shot at Bam. I did not take it. The other day. You <laughs> said Bam was worse than Vucevic. Well, he is. Vucevic across the board. He's and literally, so I don't know how else to, we can't have Get this discussion again, Get but out. it's true. Either way, I, I think, I just think there's a lot of question marks on Miami right now, and a lot of it surrounds health. Like Kyle Lowry, whenever you need Kyle Lowry, sands the, the run. He disappears. He, he's out for three games. He, all of a sudden, and I know this from playing fantasy football or fantasy basketball DFS, you got him locked into a lineup, the lineup locks, and next thing you know, he's out. So you don't like Kyle That's Larry right. because he gets that, that son of a bitch because it costs me money. Okay, so you think about that and you look at what they did. So now they have, you were talking about all these guys that are injury prone. So what have they done? They've deepened their roster. Kyle Lowry, Oladipo, and Dragic. Dragic is gone. Dragic is gone. Gone. That's what I said. Kyle, I still like Tyler Hero. I mean, I don't know. He had he had the, he set the world on fire, and anyone that thought he was going to continue that was crazy. I mean, remember when Miami wouldn't trade Tyler Hero for James Harden? And it worked. They got some diamonds. <laughs> well, you want James Harden in the playoff game? No one wants James Harden in the playoff game. He is like he makes your team worse in the playoffs, just simply because he thinks he's still James Harden and he's not. <laughs> so he just keeps well, shooting. Uh, all right, a couple. Well, okay. Well, well, hold on. So, so well, real sure, quick, go going back. So going back to Chicago being forced, so let's just say, okay, you got, like you just met, you have Brooklyn and Milwaukee who were, okay, what is going on with Ben Simmons? Can Ben Simmons be on this Philly team? And I think that's going to be your big question mark moving forward on who's going to be these top four teams on the East is what happens in Philadelphia? This Ben Simmons thing is one of the most bizarre things that I've I've never seen a team want to trade a superstar that's for you, D. Pagel, by the way. I'm sure he's listening. Ben Simmons he does, is a he does not love Ben Simmons, which is okay. No, he thinks to every player on the – But I've never seen a team want to trade or get rid of a guy, but yet their asking price is outrageous. So what is it you think? Do you think he's worth this, the, the, what you're asking? Because if so, keep him. Or do you just want to get rid of – I'm so confused by what's going on in Philly. I, I love Doc Rivers. Um, I just don't have any idea what's going on there. Um, I don't love Doc Rivers, but <laughs> the, the, but to, the, to the point, I, I, I think, well, first of all, Embiid, who I, I love, obviously, though, it's just it's always going to be a health situation. But even when, you know, Embiid and Simmons together, even when it's on, I just don't know. I don't know. For whatever reason, I just don't know if it really, really seems to work. Um, I mean, I would love 
Thibodeau to get Simmons and try to figure something out. I just don't know if they can go into this upcoming season with Simmons on the team, but I don't know if they're going to get the right deal. I mean, you've got to get your value for the guy. That's for sure. I mean, you've got to get your value for him, and that's going to be a hard thing to do. I think a lot of people are misrepresenting Ben Simmons' situation. The situation is he can't be in Philly this year. He can't only because Joel Embiid's post-game conference, um, press conference, where he and then Doc Rivers saying he doesn't know if Ben Simmons can be your finals winning um, point guard. Why the hell would you say that? That's There's dumb. zero good that can come out of you saying that. All that can come out is, is problems, and you've created problems for your front office. Ben Simmons, from everything I've heard, has completely just cut ties with everyone in Philly. Which I can't blame the guy. All day. And if you're him, you gotta hope you get traded to a contender, because I, I mean, I, I think he needs. I think he's gonna go to Golden State if he goes anywhere. And I think they're gonna play him Ooh. at the three or the four where he should be playing. Man. He should be. A, he should be a LeBron type who who brings the ball to court and plays the point kind of. But stop Shot asking the guy. Stop asking the guy to shoot. Why are you wanting him? Like he is so valuable on a team. Well, well, well so they're, they're, they're asking the guy. They're asking the guy to shoot, and he's not shooting. That's part of the problem. But he doesn't need to. He does so many things so well. He's he is the best defensive point guard in basketball. Oh best. no doubt, he's one of the best defensive guards. Yeah, no, no, nobody's arguing that. And he he can score at the rim. His confidence was shot in the playoffs. Whatever the kid's twenty three. Okay, so we had a bad playoff series. Get over it. You're gonna have more chances with Could him. Could you imagine him ending up in old. Golden State? He would be great, and they would love him, and they would win the championship. So I think please bring I, him I, over there. I don't know if that could happen, but and I didn't even that one didn't even cross my mind, Caleb. I love that though. I mean, I, him and him and in Golden State. Wow. I mean, you match him with Curry, Clay, Clay, Draymond, and Wiseman, and they just went out and got Otto Porter. I mean, and Andrew Wiggins. No, yeah, and Wiggins. Like, oh, that's but, perfect. Well, I think, hold on, I think Wiggins would have to go in the trade. Yeah, that's true. Wiggins would yeah. have to go Yeah, in. absolutely. You have Ben Simmons there. Guess what they're not going to do? And I'm not going to ask the guy to shoot the ball because he's not good at it. He's, he's yeah, the, you're right. He's yeah, no, no problem there. <laughs> and he plays defense. And he plays the best defense out of any guard I've ever seen. So I yeah. forget the hate for a guy. It, it would be like, it's like when people hate Joey Gallo because he doesn't bat for batting average. Yeah, he doesn't. But he does everything else well. Yeah, that probably would have been a move for the Lakers to look at, honestly. Oh, my God. That'd be having two LeBron Jameses on the same team. Okay, can we well, talk? Okay, let's talk about I'm glad you brought that up. Mm-hmm. All right. Everyone knows, like, the 250,000 listeners right now that we have, they mm-hmm. all know my my feelings on LeBron James. All right. Seems like a super cool human. I'm glad I got to watch him play from the beginning. I'm not a fan. All right, that's okay. People have their own takes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Russell Westbrook, one of my favorite players. Must see TV for me every night he plays. I want to watch him. He plays above average defense. I'm not going to call him no, an elite defender. Average to above average. Average, average might be pushing it. He gets to the rim. He distributes the ball. He, gets re- he does everything for your team. However, Rob, and Caleb, I'm going to let Caleb chime in after you talk about it. How in the world – do LeBron and West, Russell Westbrook coexist? They don't. I think okay. they co- I think I think they coexist in the regular season simply because in the regular season LeBron's not going to be out there for the entire season. He's going to be taking. Yeah, he's gonna, so I think in the I think in the regular season it, it, it's fine. Um, 
it, it, but everything's the postseason, and that's what I just don't see happening. I, I just, I don't. I mean, doesn't everybody I, know I, that LeBron's a guy that needs the ball in his hands? As is Russell. And doesn't everybody know that Russell's yeah, exactly? I mean, I, I pretty sure everybody knows that. And and if and, and I'm gonna let Caleb address this here in a second, but just if you're the Lakers, you trade you trade Caldwell Pope, who was the one your one shooter on your team, right? Mm-hmm. You trade Kuzma, who Kyle Kuzma, I, I like the trade for Washington. I think if Kuzma gets out of underneath that shadow of LeBron, I was hoping he was gonna come to the Pelicans when that all that stuff went down with AD. I, I think you could see Kyle Kuzma become a really, really strong I'm not gonna call him a superstar, that's yeah. really reach, but I think he could be a really good player in Washington. He was a really good player in right. LA as well. You you yeah. you you re-sign THT. For some reason LeBron loves him. Don't know why you didn't trade him, right? You get Kendrick Nunn, you get Malik Monk, and you signed what what is what is no, I'm sorry, those guys went I apologize. What is happening in, with the I Lakers? Monk came in. Yeah, Monk came in like and, and Kendrick Nunn. I think Malik Monk has a really high Yeah, they, they went in college. They went and got some market. They went and got some, you know, um, market shooters. I guess you know. Well, they get um, mellow. They get Kent Bazemore. They end up getting Buddy Healed. I heard they were trying. Uh, to get I don't know what. Like, why are they so old? Like, we're talking about our pitching staff. What the Lakers like fifteen <laughs> years ago would have been really good. Like, I had a buddy as soon as we got Lester and Hap text me and said, "Wayno Lester Hap um, <laughs> Miller and Yachty. Where was this ten years ago?" Yeah, baseball like it ought to be. <laughs> I feel the same way about the yeah. Lakers. Look, yeah. I, I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this works and they win 65 games. I, I don't see it, but I, I'm just I'm – just I, I don't think – yeah, there was no way the Lakers were going to win 65 games. Everything's about the playoffs. Um, I, I, like you, Mike, I'm a big I'm a big Westbrook, and I'm a big LeBron guy. I mean, I really am like you. I think he's a quality dude. I don't necessarily um, – love his game as much as everybody else but the guy's got four what four championships on three different teams he's been under the he's been under the microscope for 20 years of his 36 years of existence and the biggest flaw this guy's made is he decided as a young man he wanted to live in Miami over Cleveland <laughs> um so I, I I give LeBron a lot of leeway I think he, he's great I I don't think LeBron, the general manager, is very good. That's the the the, the, the problem. And um, yeah, I just don't know what the Lakers, man. And then like you know, like you said, with Clay coming back up there in Golden State, um, and then if they make some of these moves, not even necessarily a big time move like a big Simmons, but they make a move or, or two in Golden State, they're going to be right back in the thick of things. And um, yeah, I, I don't see how the Lakers survived the the uh, postseason with this I lineup. I, I don't understand these executives. Russell Westbrook's a great player in his own right. He needs his own team to run. And honestly, the superstar that I would pair him with is the guy that he just left, which is Bradley Beal. So I don't get it. They also, you forgot to mention, they got Carmelo Anthony. Why? I got said it earlier. Yeah. Who wants Carmelo Anthony? Well, they're he and LeBron are buddies. Like, who cares? I know. Who wants Carmelo Anthony? It's like I you're building even, a slow pitch softball. I wouldn't get all your buddies. him on my like, nope. video game team on my bench. I, I don't understand what they're doing. Why well, well, hold, on, hold, on. We do it. hold on one second. Let me just say, and then you can go. We do understand. Melo is ring chasing, which is what these guys do. Like, we see, we see it happening in the NFL quite a bit all of a sudden. Um, that is what it is. Melo has not had a ring. 
He's, I mean, he's going to ride the coattails his, in his mind of LeBron. I'm not, as, I'm not questioning why Melo wants to go there. <laughs> okay, all right. I'm questioning why anyone is paying that man a dollar <laughs> to come in and take up a roster spot and slug and get down the court in 25 seconds. But I just don't see Russell Westbrook's a great player. But you look at the people that he's been paired with. The only one that ever made sense, Paul George made sense. That was a good duo. Just they both suck in the playoffs for some reason. But he went over to. Houston, we talked about this a little bit. What that made no sense to anyone, and it was like, okay, well maybe another guy. Who wants and the only guy that could ever figure that out would be Mike D'Antoni, and he couldn't figure it out. So why would you think that anyone over there in LA can figure it out? I don't understand the move at all. They're just more of the same. It, I mean, Anthony Davis and LeBron are going to have to be the two that carry them, and they've done it before. They just did it, but I just don't. And I wouldn't be surprised if they won a championship because LeBron and Anthony Davis are two of the top five players on the planet when they're playing. But I just don't get the Russell Westbrook move. Like, why don't you just go out and get a shooter and just start calling LeBron a point guard, which is what he is, and go get a small forward that's actually a small forward that can play defense. DeMar DeRozan would have been really good there. But they get Russell Westbrook for what I can see is no reason. And Trey Kuzma, who, from what I've heard, LeBron didn't like. I don't know why he didn't like him, but he didn't like him, so he's gone. Andrew Wiggins was the same way in Cleveland. So I don't know what they're doing. Well, there's a long list of those guys in the NBA. Yeah, but I think it's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> Just one more thing I want to hit because then we're going to switch gears here in a second. Just a couple more things. As a Pelicans fan, I am excited in the fact that we did go get Devontae Graham from Charlotte. I think that's a good deal. I think that's a good sign. I also like getting Valanchunas from Memphis um, and also getting rid of Eric Bledsoe. Yeah, it was not a good experiment. Three three positive moves there for the Pelicans. Uh, Valanchunas, very underrated player in my opinion. Devontae Graham, up-and-coming player. I, I like those moves to replace Lonzo. Stephen Adams also gone. He would he did not fit that. He just he could not coexist next to Zion. It just didn't work. He wasn't getting rebounds. And Valanciunas, you don't have to rely on to get rebounds. He's a stretch four. I kind of like those moves. I like the moves. They have the two stars that you would need to make a deep playoff run if you had guys around them. Yep. And I don't understand for the life of me why Lonzo Ball and Stephen Adams was a good. He's a good NBA player. How that didn't work, I don't understand it. Because it seemed to me like they were going to probably make a push for a 5-6 seed. I didn't know the Suns were going to be what they were. But, I I mean, they made a move, a positive move, by getting rid of Van Gundy. I told you before the season I hadn't figured that. He's not a very good coach. He never really has been. I don't know what they have to do. They have two stars. And that's what you really need. They have two guys that can get well, you to win these, a playoff series. I think adding these two but it's not enough. It's just not. It's it not could enough. be. I mean, Memphis, we saw Memphis. Unless they have guys step up huge like Phoenix did. I, they're going to have to get some guys to step up, like, massively. When I saw they made a trade with Memphis, I was praying John Morant was heading to Duke. Yeah, well, that'd be <laughs> idiotic. All right, well, I, uh, real quick real quick on the New Orleans thing. It's it's all Zion, Zion, Zion. I mean, I, in, in that organization's got to do everything they possibly can to keep that kid happy. And reports are that he's not very happy. And it seems like the moves that they're making aren't, Ones that are going to change his opinion. Now, again, everybody's got a blog. Everybody's got a podcast, wink, wink. And so everybody's, right <laughs> everybody's, got, everybody's got an opinion. But I heard some. I heard it reported somewhere this week, and this would be unprecedented, is that he might opt out of his rookie extension. Nobody's ever done that. I mean, yeah. it, I mean so it seems like where there might be some smoke, there's some fire. So New Orleans – Come on, I want to see that team thrive. I want to see Zion, who's a good kid. And hey, and 
Zion could have his eyes, you know, right on New York City. I mean, he's a Bronx oh, kid. Man. I mean, and that, and, and, and that could be. But I want to see things work out there. I really, really do. But yeah, they come on, come on, New Orleans. Yeah. You got to make it work out too, man. You got to give the kids something. And if you got to give him a little bit of control, if you got to have a little bit of a of that LeBron GM say, then you got to do it. I, just I agree. Keep, keep I, the kid happy. Are two very, very like really good players. And so I think, I, and I think they both like playing with ball. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know why you would trade Lonzo Ball. I, I was like, shocked. There, there was nothing. It was a sided trade, so whatever. Yeah. You want. Yeah. It had to be a It's such a weird. That's a, such a weird thing. I mean, I don't even know really what it means, but whatever. Um, why? Like, well, who did you get? Would think you were gonna get that was gonna master production? Unless Lonzo Ball said F it. I'm not playing for you, or I'm leaving, which I didn't hear. Why would? Yeah, you I, I find it hard to believe, but yeah. yeah, I don't think he did. I don't know why if you're Lonzo Ball, why would you not? Those three guys, like Brandon Ingram's been around for a while, but he's still young. Why would those three guys not want to stay together? And like, if they just get better, which all three of them have the potential to get a lot better, that's a big three. I mean, you and I talk about it, and I know other people obviously talk about. It. We have no clue what's going on behind closed doors, what's going on in that locker. We have no clue. Um, I the ball circus. One last thing I want to say about the NBA. Speaking of the ball circus, right? Last night, Jello. Yeah. Uh huh. Makes his debut with the Hornets. Sixteen minutes, sixteen points, two assists, two steals, two boards. Here comes another ball. He's an idiot. <laughs> just don't let him go to what Taiwan or, where, Japan or wherever you want. Go after getting a full ride to UCLA. Just go like shop she, she some random shit that yeah. you can afford. Right. Yeah. So there is that. I hope he doesn't make it. I don't like him. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel about Jello. I don't like him. Yeah. He had everything made for him and set out on a silver platter. He said, no, I'm good. I'll just steal. Yeah, well, he had a good night last <laughs> night. So, you know, let him enjoy his moment. No, I'm not. <laughs> all right. Listen, obviously, the the majority of you and Rob knows, uh, we all know this. We are called the More You Know Sports Podcast. But we wanted to have Rob on to do a little talk about one of our favorite genres here at the Noble Household, the hip-hop rap genre. Um, not too long ago, I did finish the evolution of, it took me forever to watch it for some reason, but my wife was sick and I, I sat down and I watched, I finished it. Fantastic document, documentary, uh, the hip hop evolution. I don't know if you've seen it, Rob, it's awesome. Um, oh, on Netflix, it's fan- yeah, really yeah. good, really good. Yeah, finally got around to watching that. And, and Rob brought a few things to my attention uh, about 1991 that I want to talk about, or I have Rob talk about. First, let me, let me just do a little lead up into 1991. Um, Obviously, for myself, my first introduction to rap outside of um, the Beastie Boys and Run DMC Raising Hell, which was were on regular rotation on the bus on my way to middle school basketball games. All right. Those were regular on the old Walkman, the tape, the cassette, regular. Uh, a, a mutual friend or a mutual acquaintance friend what, of, of uh, Rob and I, Brad Hunter, who I went to high school with. Walt comes into my house, 1988, I guess, maybe late 88, early 89, with straight out of Compton, and easy does it, right? Probably just like the majority of white kids my age across the country, how they were introduced to this. And I'd never heard anything like it. And from then on, I became a a massive fan of of the hip-hop era. And then that led, led obviously, 1989, one of my favorite bands of all time is Tribe Called Quest. Um, that led to that, obviously, 1990. For, funny story, just to hit on this, 1990, two life crew hits with as nasty as they want to be. Luther gets arrested for playing the, the song, right, uh, that he, that Miami from playing. On my wife and my honeymoon, we saw two life crew. 
Oh, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, they were playing at this club. We were in Florida. They were playing at this club. I said, Amy, we have to go. This was 1997. We went. They played five songs. They played Me So Horny three times. That's, really <laughs> That's great. Great so, story. So one of my favorite things is we saw Two Life Crew on our honeymoon. All right. And then obviously 91 is the year that we want that where we want to really kind of pick it up. I've been blessed in this household with my three kids who have introduced me to a lot of music that I would have never found. It would have never popped up on. I don't listen to Pandora anymore, but you know what I'm going with that. Right. It would never popped up on there. I would have never have, have found a lot of these guys that are, are putting out quality, quality rap, in my opinion, right now. And we're going to get to that, especially with Caleb being here, because he sure. is, you know, very, very big on that. But, Rob, I want you to take over 1991. First of all, set the stage. 1991. I'm probably wearing some Z Cavaricis, right? Nice. Yeah. yeah probably yeah. A, a White Sox hat on, maybe a, a Van Halen T-shirt. Nice. Uh, rolling in my Mustang. No seatbelt, because I thought that was safe. So, for yeah. all of you listening, don't do that, right? Um, probably listening to something that my mom didn't want me to listen to. And most nights, probably doing things that I wasn't supposed to be doing. So that was me, 19, really, my wife says, Mike, had I known you when you were 17, we would have never got together. And I think she's probably right. Like, I think she's probably right. So thank God for 1991, I did not know her. So, Rob, I want you to get us going on this because I'm super geeked about this. Sure. Well, first of all, a couple of things. Your whole thing about your intro to uh, rap music, hip hop, what, you know, we called it rap music back in the 80s. Mine's right. identical to yours, Mike. It was Beastie Boys, Run DMC, maybe the Fat Boys. Um, and uh, I did get introduced to those, uh, that uh, Easy E and Straight Out of Compton. Now, Brad Hunter introduced me to Widespread Panic 15 years later and took me to my first show. I, there I'm you sitting go. Here, I'm sitting here trying to envision Brad listening to Easy E, and it's the putting well, a it big smile funny. on my it face. It was so funny because I, uh, Brad's parents were pretty strict, and, and Brad was a really good friend of mine. Uh, mm-hmm. in, especially in middle school and into the early years of high school, we kind of went our separate ways out of high school. We still talk when we see each other, but whatever. Um, and he was Jimi Hendrix. He was, I mean, that was sure. it. And I just remember him, like you go to his room, it was Jimi Hendrix and it was all this kind of stuff. And then he came to my house and he brought these two tapes. He's like, we got to go downstairs to listen to this. And I was like, what is happening? And then I realized what was happening when I listened to uh, Straight Outta Compton. Yeah. And so, so then to push it further, then when I, after I got into that, then it started, you know, um, before the internet and Spotify and even Napster and all these things came along, um, it was cassette tapes. Um, it was Yo! MTV raps. It would be, my mother would go to the Venture Store on the West End of Belleville, and we'd go there every Saturday. I'm 14 years old, and they had a a, a, a record shop right next door that just did cassettes. This, you saw very few CDs there. And I would go there every Saturday and I'd look over the, the, the hip hop section, uh, the rap section and over and over and over. And I'd look over all those uh, tapes and albums and maybe save up some money and buy one tape a year. And if it was one of those with the parental advisory, I'd hide it from my dad, who was pretty strict <laughs> at the time. But but in 91, so I started putting this together uh, sometime last year and I was um, um, thinking about some of the um um you know big big thing in hip-hop is for guys to guest on people's songs and to have songs featuring other rappers other mcs and in 1991 you had these three guys play on different guys' songs you had 
Nas, he guested with the opening verse on main sources live at the barbecue. This is four years before Illmatic came out and nobody knew who Nas was. This is legitimately like his debut mm-hmm. track. You had now, and I didn't know Nas at the time. I wasn't even aware of this song, full disclosure, till about 2005. I wasn't aware of it. Oh, same. Absolute same. Yeah. Now, then you did have um, the very underrated Digital Underground. They did same song with Tupac. Now, this song I was very well aware of. It was on heavy rotation on uh, the uh, Yo! MTV Graps. Uh, Shock G, who just recently passed away and is a genius in my mind. Yeah, rest, rest in peace, Shock. He says, Tupac, go ahead and rock this. And everything changed. That was Tupac's first verses that anybody had ever heard him do. And um, it, it blew your mind. And then, you know, six, seven months later, um, Tupacalypse Now comes out, which I'll talk about here in a minute. And then the third one you had, now this one wasn't necessarily a debut, but it was definitely his coming out party. And that was the great Busta Rhymes shows up with one of the most legendary verses of all time on a tribe called Quest's scenario. Um, now, if you were again like me, someone who always watched YoMTV raps, you recognized uh, Busta from uh, his early group, uh, Leaders of the New School, and they had a song that was on rotation called Just Another Case of That Old PTA. So yep. you recognized him from them, but I didn't know his name until then. And then now I've known his name for 30 years. So I thought it was real interesting. And then this coming up, you know, now we're at the 30-year anniversary of uh, those three things and how, you know, those guys, two of those three guys are on my top 10 MCs of all time. And if you had all three of them on your list, I certainly wouldn't argue that at all. Um, One of those things, real quick, one of those things, same song for a lot of you who listen um, that are close to our age. I, I always remember same song. Because of the video, right? It was from the movie Nothing But Trouble. I, I, it was I had, directed by directed by Dan Aykroyd. That video, it, yeah, correct. And that video was a lot of shots from the movie with them mm-hmm. in the video. And I had to look up the movie because it, it was the movie was escaping my mind. But I was like, I had to look that up just a minute. I don't ago. think I ever saw it. Yeah, Demi Moore was Demi Moore was Demi Moore was right. What's that? I think John Candy was in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Yep. Yeah, Demi Moore, John Candy. If I have, it's been like put out of my mind. But yes, that was one of those. I, I I will never forget that video. So for a lot of you who watch, obviously my a lot of our Saturday nights began at friends' house watching Yo MTV raps. So um, you know, sorry, I didn't interrupt you there. I just no, that, no, no. Yo, Yo MTV same song. That's what pops into my head. Is that no, it's still a great track. And yeah, and Yo, I mean, you can't um, talk enough about how that informed us. You know, I mean, the other Dr. Dre and Ed Lover. It was great. It was can't. It was. Uh, must see tv and so yeah 90 or 91 it bridges you know the mama said knock you out which would have came out in 90 to the chronic which you know changed the game in 92 91 you had some great some key albums come out you have cypress hills debut album come out and i'm a humongous be real um sin dog fan i love cypress hill we are you had yeah, it's great. And as you talked about, Tribe Called Quest. I've seen Tribe Called Quest live, I believe, four times. And uh, yeah, low end, yeah, low End Theory came out that year. Uh, Public Enemies Apocalypse 91, which was probably their biggest commercial thing. They got a ton of uh, MTV uh, airtime with that album. Chuck D, another guy who's on my top 10. Um, 
Just real quick, Rob, just to add, as Caleb's yeah. sitting here next to me, and he's just kind of listening because he, he's definitely a new head and I'm an older head. We were lucky enough to see Prophets of Rage. And, and oh, yeah. Took Caleb and Emma to go and got to see Be Real and Chuck D, like two of my favorites. And then you put them alongside Tom Morello and the boys. It was, it's not Rage Against the Machine, it, but it was epic. It was epic. Yeah, I, I, when they played one of their first shows, Mike, a buddy of mine happened to be – he was at a deli or something in Brooklyn, and uh, this was going on. They have a – oh, I forget the name. But there's a big music festival that goes on in New York City right there in Queens. And then during that festival, there's a lot of small, like, pop-up shows. Mm-hmm. Well, my buddy's sitting in a deli when they post Prophets of Rage tonight. He walked right across the street and bought a ticket, <laughs> went into that club in Brooklyn and watched that show. Shout out to it Kevin Colmeyer. <laughs> absolutely. That's awesome because it was really cool to see. Yeah, and then um, 91, you have a really, really, in my opinion, bad, terrible NWA album that comes out that didn't have I that didn't have Ice Cube on it. And I think that just goes uh, – yeah, <laughs> good luck on that one. Um, but, motherfucking one. We're always yeah, crazy. right? But I think that just goes to prove how great Ice Cube is, <laughs> you know, but when you also, take away. Automobile is a banger. As a 17-year-old, that, that tape was played a lot in my car. Automobile was a lot of fun. It was, you know, it was, it was, it Always was fun. Always into something. Appetite for destruction. Yeah. yeah, there were some bangers yeah. on it. No, it, 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 and you do have MC Ren and you have Dr. Dre who are both legitimate at what they do. So it's not like it was all for nothing. It just, it wasn't, it wasn't straight out of Compton. No, Correct. nothing it, ever happened. What, what is amazing about that album, and it was coming off the hype even without Ice Cube, was I think it sold like, uh, what, 940 plus thousand copies in the first week. Like that went to number one on the, on the, on the charts, and then people listened to it. <laughs> yeah, no, and I was absolutely one of those people that first week that bought the cassette. There's no Dang. doubt I had, I had it play, I had it, uh, I had it uh, playing in my, Nine, uh, 1986 Mazda B2000 pickup truck for sure. <laughs> it was then, a heavy then, well, it's funny you talking about like obviously Ice Cube is at the, in my he's probably on my Mount Rushmore, right? Sure. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but then he puts out America's Most Wanted, and people, yes. I, I I stood in line to buy that tape at Jamestown Mall, right? And I remember driving home listening to it, and I was like, okay, this is better than that NWA album. <laughs> Mike, I remember seeing the cover to that cassette tape. And I mean, there's a handful of things where there's like albums in my life where I could just stare at the cover. That first Ramon, <laughs> that first Ramones album, uh, the Appetite for Destruction album. I could just look at the cover of those albums and just be like, I remember looking at the cover of America. And it just, I mean, my mind was blown. Like, what is going on here? Yeah, cra- <laughs> crazy good. Yeah. Um. And then also that year, then then later coming off of same song later in that year, you have Tupacalypse Now, which to to this day is one of the greatest album titles of all time. <laughs> it's fantastic. And then And one of Caleb's favorite rappers of all time is Tupac. Yeah. And Brenda's got a baby, man. Brenda's got a baby changed Brenda's got a baby changed hip hop as far as I'm concerned. You can't um nobody can deny the significance of that song and well, yeah, you went, you uh, took, Tupac you being took a massive that. social issue and, and made it relevant. You you did. And to this day, and people think I kind of troll Tupac because I don't have him on my top 10, but I think Tupac's one of the great American poets of our time. Agreed. Yeah. 
agree. And also that year, and I don't want to step on your toes here. So I no, go ahead. No, 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 good. 1991 also, because I, I, I was trying to do some research here because I lived through all of this. But sometimes when you live through it, it's easy to forget, if that makes sense. Sure. That doesn't sound like it should happen. But sometimes for me, that's the way my life rolls. And I have to revamp and go back and redo. Uh, that year also, um, Source Magazine uh, puts Biggie in their unsigned hype. And that's the first their, their, um, part of their feature, their magazine. That's the first time we're really introduced nice. to Biggie, who nice. I am a massive Biggie fan. So we have the argument around here quite a bit, Biggie versus Tupac, right? It's just Biggie versus the world. <laughs> and, yeah, there's, that's, no, that's no argument. Yeah, so I, know, but I, I mean, that, so you add that to 1991, and all of a sudden, it, you look back and you're like, oh my goodness, what a year. Yeah, absolutely. To think it was 30 years ago, it, it's crazy. And now there's bigger years in hip hop for sure. There's people that'll argue other things. And I'm, I'm not even arguing that 91 is the big, biggest, best, worst, whatever. It's just that I thought it was some pretty cool things that had happened. Um, and, you know, looking back 30 years later and then, you know, and how this goes to talking about Nas showing up on that album in 1991. Nas just had an album come out this week that is unbelievable it's, it's so good oh, it's and awesome. it's it's, it's coming off it's it, it's the follow-up to the album that he had last year that was so good i mean nas may have had the best album in 2020 and the best album in 2021 yeah, i mean new producer and it, i, 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 I understand the legacy of nas i cannot get into the guy i Ooh. have tried so hard <laughs> to listen to his albums I don't know what it is. I don't know. I get bored listening to his music, and I feel like I, I feel stupid for saying it because everyone loves him, and I know he's a legend and whatever. I cannot get into his music. I'll listen That's... to it, and now it's like, oh, I'm going to turn on something else. Um, guys, I, just, so... I, just, I, just, I just remembered why I didn't like Lonzo Ball so much for a while. <laughs> just, just so everyone knows, the more you Noble Sports podcast, we'll be looking for a second person to join me because I'm thinking <laughs> <laughs> no, it public. It's, not, it's okay it, if it stays in my walls here. Well, it's you not just that, threw I'm, it out I'm there. Not denying that he's good at what he does. He's good at what he does, but I just don't like what he does. That's well, fair. no, in Mike, what you were saying about the producer, and that's the one thing that Nas has been missing, in my opinion. Like, Nas doesn't have that catalog because I think this might be the first time that, in my opinion, and I'm a, I would defend Nas. He's number two on my list. Um, this might be the first time in his career where, in my opinion, he's had two great albums follow each other. There's always been that kind of span, and, you know, Jay-Z kind of talked about it in, back in the day, but, I mean, you know, there's a lot of space between his good albums, so to hear at this age, and I don't know what Nas is, 45, 46, I'm not sure. But he's got to be in that area, yeah. Yeah. Say, but, 50, right? He's probably our age. He was young. Yeah, but, for, yeah but for him to have two banger albums come out man and i mean good good albums. so you guys have listened to the new album i have caleb has not i have not dude how about about, on thursday night i downloaded it and listened to it and and someone who i've i I mean i've I've dug some of the work that she's done but i always thought she was kind of overrated as an mc lauren hill's got bars on that song that are unbelievable man i mean it's the most significant thing she's done since the 90s by far in my opinion yeah, or or the miseducation. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, for sure. She's she's definitely epic. That album is. I, well, I loved the one before King's Disease. This is King's Disease too. I think. I, yes. I loved yeah. it. I loved it. Um, and, and we. And then another. Guys. And then another throwback to another big thing that happened in hip hop this week is you had the big verses that went on in New York City, and 
another legend, Jada Kiss, he tore that up, man. I mean, he tore up – everybody on Twitter was going nuts, and I didn't get to watch the whole thing. I really enjoy those verses, and I haven't got to go back and watch that one. But I can't wait to see Jada on there. I mean, he's – man, what he did with the locks, and he is, you know, north of 45, I believe, and still doing it at a very, very, very high level. Agreed, agreed. And with Illmatic, it was funny for me to watch – the, on the documentary, just to listen to them talk about Nas, but also just to, I mean, he had, think about being, I don't know, he was probably 19, 20. I, I, I don't know the exact age. He was young, when it, maybe even younger, when that album came out. And you've got the best producers in New York <laughs> sitting there creating your album. I mean, shout oh. out to Nas for that. Oh, yeah. I never sleep because sleep is the cousin of death. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean uh, it's, it's, it is probably one of, it's in my top five rap, rap albums, if not top two, probably. Uh, Straight out of Compton still sits at a massively high level for me. Sure. Um, but it's right there w- with us. Uh, anything else you want to talk about on 91 there? Yeah, I think that's about the big stuff I had on 91. I mean, you had other good albums come out that year. I know Dayla had an album, and I was always a big Dayla guy. Any Native Tongue stuff I was always uh, into and, and still am. I, I still try to... I mean, there's so much out there and it's so much at your fingertips like we never could have imagined, yeah. you know, growing up. Um, although the day lost stuff's a little bit harder to find. It's inc- your, like, uh, I, that's what I was going to say. Hey, Apple Music, I know you're listening right now, right? Because we're on your podcast platform. So somebody there, if you're hearing this, can we put De La Soul on the platform? He has a lot yeah. of he has a lot of features on songs you can find, but I've never. I was thinking about that. I've never heard of a De La Soul album, like a, a single a solo album. Well, their whole band, there's a whole. Yeah, group, yeah. But they have a lot. They have a lot of features on. Yeah, stuff. I've never heard. Yeah. of anything of them. It's yeah, bro, 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 hard to find. The vinyl's hard to find. I don't yeah, understand bro, what they're doing. Blown Mind State is one of my all-time favorite uh, albums. Uh, I mentioned Kyle Smith, one of our buddies. He's the one that turned me on to that album, and yeah. uh, it's still one of my favorites to this day. Yeah, I mean, De La Soul was, they were in, like I said, I wish I would have kept all my tapes. That's what I wish. Because I yeah, had right? all of them. I mean, all yeah. of them on, on cassette. And who knows, those are in some landfill probably at some point. I don't know what happened to all those. Just a few things to follow up on the nights. And I, I want to get some of Caleb's take on some hip-hop sure. stuff here too. Uh, 93, obviously 92, 93, you've got Tribe with Midnight Marauders and The Chronic. Wu-Tang, I, we're introduced to Wu-Tang. Oh, hold, hold on, hold on real quick. With, sure. you know, Do you know 36 Chambers and yeah, Midnight Marauders came out on the same day? What? Say that again. M- Midnight Marauders and Wu-Tang's 36 Chambers came out on the same day. Oh, my goodness. Can you believe that? <laughs> Can you imagine the record stores in L.A.? Or yeah, more, right? More yeah, New, New York, York for sure, yeah. Not in, not in L.A. In New yeah, York, sorry, to, sorry to interrupt. There. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, in 94, you have Illmatic, Warren G, it comes out. Tupac, uh, then then it all starts in 94. And, and we don't have to get deep into that. People can watch the documentary. They can watch the biggie, mm-hmm. Tupac, obviously. And then we have Tupac that goes to death row. Easy dies. And then you've got Suge Knight, who everybody's feeling, who I don't know how he's... He's like, in jail. Right? Yeah, he's in jail. But I don't even understand how he became relevant. Money. He had money. I don't know how he had money, but he had money. Well, he was definitely, yeah, he was definitely. He rolling. was doing some stuff that I don't know. He there's so many conspiracy theories around surrounding Shug Knight that I don't want to get into, but he was he's a terrible human being. I'm glad he's in jail. <laughs> That's all I got. That's good. Yeah, maybe it was some of that NFL uh, player squad money he made. 
<laughs> um, and, and I know Rob, you're a big East Coast guy, and and I know Rakim is mm-hmm. your favorite, correct? Am I correct oh yeah, that? oh yeah. absolutely, yeah. Rakim's yep. my guy, man. Yeah, the I Gold mean, MC, Cole, the God MC. Yeah. Yep, Eric yeah. B is president. Fantastic as well. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, here's what I want to do because I want us to kind of go through. We 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 love the Mount Rushmore argument, right? Okay. And everything, and we started with the with the, our baseball teams. We're going to pick those up and do some smaller episodes with just some Mount Rushmore stuff. Give me your Mount Rushmore of rappers. All right. Well, since you said Mount Rushmore, one of my biggest pet peeves is when you see people post on social media and they ask for a Mount Rushmore and then they name seven people. <laughs> that, 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 that frustrates yep. me to no end. So give me your top if five. You wanna... I'm going to give you five. I'm going to give you ten. No. Yeah. yeah. So if you want, if four, so yeah. So I'm only going to go four. So I'm going to keep my mouth shut on a bunch of these guys. But my 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 four are Rakim, Nas. Biggie and Black Thought from the Roots. All right, I like the Black Thought. Yeah, I like the Black Thought. I'm gonna give mine, and then when Caleb we kind of discuss his, and then also talk about the current state of hip hop because I, like I said, there's some guys that I never would have listened to. I mean, I have become a massive Kendrick Lamar fan because of my kids. I don't, I don't know that at 40, 44, however old, 43, 42, when I found Kendrick, I didn't find Kendrick. Like, I was introduced to Kendrick by my own kids, and, and. That's the ultimate thing in our house. Not Rob, I guarantee your house the exact same way. We've had music since they were like music playing 24 seven. And it could be, it could be the dead. It could be um, Van Halen. It could be Judas Priest. It could be Nas. It could be Kendrick. It could be Harry Styles. Who knows? Right. It, 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 it could be all of the above. Um, and I think that's one of the cool things is not only have we taught our kids, not like I said, I know your house is the exact same way. But then they've come back and taught us, which I absolutely – but there's nothing better than finding a new artist for me. So that's one of the things I love. Now, with that being said, for my my Mount Rushmore, I'm definitely going Nas. I'm going Biggie. I'm going Ice Cube. And I'm probably going Chuck D at this point in my life. I I, I rock him fantastic. Um, I'm not as big into the roots as I should be. I like them, and I know some of them, so I'm not 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 going as, as deep they are. I'm not going as deep into them. There's obviously others that you could throw in there. But for me personally, those are probably at this point in my life, my top four. Mine is really hard. And I really want to put five people in here because I'm trying to decide on my last one. <laughs> we, we but can. I can't. But I'm, I can't. No. Okay. Yeah, yeah, All right. Well, number one, Kendrick has to be on it for me. He's, he is our generation's ice cube, so to speak, of a guy that's just he is he is like the best artist right now. He just says he hasn't released an album since Damn and when I was a freshman in high school, and it, he's still relevant today, and he's done great. And he did Black Panther soundtrack. I, I love Kendrick Lamar. I love everything he's ever done. Um, two, Ice Cube. I, Ice Cube I will forever and always be on that list. I don't care who comes out. He is never leaving. He is the number one human besides Michael Jordan that I want to meet in real life. <laughs> it is Ice Cube. I wanna, I, yeah, I love him. Three, Kanye West. I have to have Kanye West on it. What he has done for this generation, he kind of kept it relevant. For ten years, and I yeah I just I have to can you just go ahead and release Donda? I want that. I don't even want to talk about that. That's (laughs) making me so mad. And then four is okay. I I love Lil Wayne. I really do, and I want to put him on here so bad. But I'm gonna put Jay Z at four. Jay Z is just he is our. I feel like if there's there's a lot of people that are your guys' age that are so in love with the '90s and that they they just can discount everyone from 2000 on. It's very common. And I feel like he's the guy that kept people like that listening to music because he he bridged the gap, so to speak, from um, from Ice Cube and everyone in that generation, and he bridged that straight to 
Kanye West and Lil Wayne and everything to where hip hop was still relevant for the two, early 2000s. A lot because he was topping every chart there was with the Black Album and everything. He's he's on there, but I'm sorry, Lil Wayne, I wanted to do it. So you're saying that, that hurts me. So, so you're saying Jay Z is the hip hop's or Kobe? Because it was Kobe who got me back into the NBA. I'm not saying you said that. I'm not saying that. Okay, fair. But I I get no. All right, anything to say there on those, Rob? No, those are all great lists. I mean, and I have a couple of those guys on my top 10. And the thing about Jay is Jay's got the most complete catalog in hip hop. I mean, he's made a lot of albums. And some of those albums aren't, quite frankly, aren't great. But a lot of them are masterpieces. And uh, no, I I, I, uh, think that Cube, I mean, Cube is the master writer. I mean, you want to hear anything cool that Eazy-E ever said. Thank Ice Cube because he's the one that wrote it. It's like, it's like that scene in Shane Compton when he's um, when they're recording. Why am I blinking? The biggest Boys in I, the hood. Yeah, Boys in the Hood, and and he's like, he's like, this sounds dumb. He's like, he's like, just say the shit. I'm promise it sounds good. <laughs> and he was right. It did. It's one of the greatest songs ever. Yeah. And, and yeah, uh, Jay Z. I mean, he kind of was away for a long time. He was off with the Nets and doing all that stuff, and with Beyonce. And he was gone for a while for making music. And then he came back, and his album, 444, wasn't great. I liked it. But the story of OJ, I mean, it's just he still can make songs like that. And that song is so good. I don't think he gets enough credit for how good that song is, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I always had listened to Jay-Z from afar, if I'm going to be honest, until you and Emma and Hannah said, hey, Hannah. well, more you and Emma. But Hannah also, shout out to her. Uh, it got me going to on Jay Z, and like I said, it, it's people like Kendrick. It's people. I never listened to Lil Wayne until you guys, and I'm not the biggest Lil Wayne fan. I'm I know you guys are. Like, I, I, it hurts my heart that I didn't come A lot of great, lot of great verses, a lot of great songs, a lot of bangers, in my opinion. In like what Rob said about Jay Z, I also think there's a lot of bad albums out there. Also, if I could have like the Rolling Stones, if I could have put the whole Tribe Called Quest. <laughs> all of them right like and honestly my favorite member of tribe called quest is q-tip because he has some he has some verses on other songs especially anderson pock has about a couple songs that are so good like, i really like q-tip he's really good q-tip or fife for you rob do we lose rob rob can you hear me i think he's lost though well, we lost Rob, it seems. <laughs> it does seem that, that maybe Rob has, has lost, which we might have had a technological issue there. But that's all right. We were coming to an end anyway. Hopefully, those of you out there enjoyed everything. Just a couple things I wanted to hit on that we didn't hit on baseball-wise. Uh, Ramon Laureano gets an 80-game suspension for PEDs. That, that's sad, right? That's a sad day for the A's. He is, I mean, he's the, the bloodline for that team. Anything you want to say about that? I mean, he's the heart and soul of that team. There's no doubt about it. I mean, that whole Houston situation, he tried to take on the whole team. I, it sucks, and it sucks to say it's not that surprising anymore to me. It seems like there's a lot of players, and they're all very similar, the ones that will do this. And it's the really talented guys who aren't at that next level yet and want to get there. And a lot of them are really young. You look at, like, D. Gordon, all those guys that did it back a couple, like, 10 years ago when they had that outbreak with Ryan Braun and him and Victor Martinez and all these guys. And it's not that surprising to me anymore, and it sucks, but he said he doesn't know that it was in a system. I don't believe him because if, – and if that's the case, then honestly, you kind of deserve it. Right. You should know everything as an athlete that goes to your body, especially as it relates to, like, something that could alter your career. He will never get in the Hall of Fame now. Like, that stuff has to be setting in the firm right now, and that has to be terrible. 
to feel that like no matter what you can hit 500 home runs, you're not getting an all right. game now. Like right. it's that simple, and it sucks. But... Makes the Sterling Marte edition a lot better now, but it's still it does, I, I think Oakland's going to struggle to make the playoffs. It's going to be tough. The are playing, it's going to be tough the because I think they're going to make the three. I think they're going to get the first wild card. I don't. But I, I think there's a good team that makes no sense on paper because they're not that talented. We might have Rob back. Rob, are you back? We do not. That's all right. Um, just a couple other things. Really cool moment yesterday. Zach Wheeler goes out, throws a complete game on Roy Holiday Day. That was awesome. Right? That was awesome. Um, really, really cool, really cool moment for the Phillies fans, for the Phillies organization, obviously for Zach Wheeler, for the Holiday family. Um, really cool moment for Bryce afterwards. Comes out and talks about how he changed his number to number three because he believed in Philadelphia nobody should wear 34. Yeah. Again, our love, my love for Bryce Harper just continues to grow. Every time he talks, it's another bomb. I mean, well, I don't know what more you want. Yeah. He's, 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 in my opinion, right now, he's right on the coattails of, of Tatis for MVP, and he might have. And that game, not only was it cool, it was on Doc Holiday Day, but it was also it was awesome that like they they just passed the Mets like significantly. The difference, about the difference between a point five game lead and a two and a half game lead is astronomical, in the, at this point in the season. And, yeah, I mean, obviously, we love Bryce. We spent a whole 15, 20 minutes talking about him last episode. But that – I mean, that was really cool to see. Zach Wheeler, he's awesome. But for me, growing up, I remember on the cover – Roy Holiday was on the cover of one of the 2K games, and he was the guy. Like, he was the guy before Kershaw and him and Verlander. And it's obviously everything that happened was really sad, but it was really cool to see. Yep, yep. A um, couple other things just in baseball. Adley Rushman promoted AAA, so – just call him the up. Future safe. They're not going to call him up this year, and there's no need to. There's literally no need to get him up there. Let him get his feet wet. Let him play well at AAA. Um, just a couple other things. Feels, oh, Field of Dreams game is Thursday night. That'll be fun. As, as someone who loves the movie Field of Dreams, I'm pretty excited about that. Congratulations, White Sox. You did a great job with your jersey. Yankees, it sucks. <laughs> it looks the same as your away jersey. It does. Like, this is such a cool opportunity and that you had to make something special. It's going to be memorable. Because they're saying they're going to do it next year, but you never know with these type of things. They can fall through. Something happened with the stadium. Like, you had an opportunity to make history with this, and they kind of fell flat, I thought. Yep, agreed, agreed. Um, one other thing that I just I thought was awesome, and I don't know if you guys, if you heard the story, if anybody's heard the story, Will Matheson for the Greensboro Grasshoppers. Uh, that is the Rangers high A. The other night, they get the, a game just goes back and forth, absolute back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. One team gets, they go to extra innings. One team gets up three the next the inning, they score three also to tie it up. Greensboro runs out of pitchers, so they have to bring this outfielder in to pitch. He gives up uh, six runs. They give up six runs, so they're they're down six going into the bottom of the 12th or 13th. They get three runs back. This same guy who gave up the, all the runs comes up with the bases loaded and hits a walk-off grand That's slam. Awesome. So to give himself his own win. I thought that was pretty he awesome. He set himself up for the moment. Um, yep. This week we've got uh, what pirates coming up. Anything you want to say about that? Is there is it even just anything to really talk about at this point? Just win three and hope that some of them loses three. Yeah, that's that's at it. this point. I, and it sucks because you have to look. You have to play the stare up at the scoreboard game. But at this point, it doesn't really matter. Just there's a certain. I've said that. I oh, this is what I always say because you people always at this point in the year are okay. Cardinals win. Let's stare at the Brewers to see if they won or lost. There's a certain number of wins you have to get to make the playoffs. Nobody knows before the season what that number is. It could be 95, it could be 92, it could be 102. So, but you have to get to that number, so just win. And if you want to get there, you got to go on a historic run. It's happened before. It's probably not going to happen this year, but 
if you're dead in that clubhouse, you just gotta be thinking every day, take it one day at a time. When go one another day. That's what they gotta be thinking. Yep. You can't go you can't win hundred games at this point, most likely. Just go out there and win. Agreed. Agreed. So go birds. Uh if you get a chance to watch the game Thursday night at Fill the Dreams, obviously someone who went to see the movie the night it was released, uh back in nineteen eighty nine. It still holds a special place in my heart. It will forever hold a special place in There's my heart. There's some glaring errors in the movie, but you there can't are. Really look at it. But, but again, when, when you have a movie that's asking you to accept all the supernatural, transcendentalist stuff. Ray Liotta as Joe Jackson. The least of our worries is Ray Liotta's hitting right hand against Joe Jackson. So, Maybe Ray Liotta uh, didn't have the left hand. I, I think I'm okay with that. Uh, I'm excited to watch the game there. I think that's really cool for baseball. Uh, as they're showing some stuff right here on TV, I, I'm really excited for that. So and how be, cool for the cool. players. Man. Absolutely. Like, Lucas Giolito was talking about it. He was like, I'm so glad I'm not pitching. That's going to enjoy it. And it's, yeah. it's such a cool experience. I hope they enjoy it. I honestly, I don't know what the feel. I mean, my most, I mean, the most excited I am for anything is I want to see what the stadium looks like. I haven't seen any of it. I, I, I wish the corn was just the fence, but I know they can't do that. Yep. But yeah. I'm, I'm really excited for it. Yeah. I'll be watching. Yeah. 330 down the lines, 400 to dead center. So. Uh, not, a, not, 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 too, yeah, not too bad of a part. Thought it was gonna be around three fifteen. Pretty excited to watch it, watch it, and uh, and see how that goes, guys. Again, uh, I can't thank you enough for listening. Once again, follow us at more underscore noble on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. Please find us on your favorite uh, podcast platform and give us a five star rating. You guys are fantastic. We couldn't do this without you. One thing I'd like to add, uh, I'd be remiss on a day. One thank you for Rob. I really want to get that in there. That was awesome. Had an incredible time talking old Cardinals stuff, old hip-hop stuff. Obviously, in the NBA, we love to talk the NBA whenever we can get a chance. It was great to have him. We'll have him back. Absolutely uh, great to have him. One thing I'd be remiss to, to say, today, 26 years ago, we lost. We talked music. We lost Jerry Garcia. That was a rough day for a lot of us, for a lot of people in this country. Uh, the music scene's never been the same. So just wanted to kind of get that out there, that, that, that today is one of those days in history that you kind of remember where you were. And I remember where I was. Uh, definitely, I was getting stuff, picking stuff up uh, at SIU, and for this for the year. And I just remember sitting in the parking lot, like, "Oh my goodness!" So just wanted to remember that. Um, appreciate all you guys again at more underscore noble at Caleb Noble zero eight on Twitter is where you can find us. We we love to hear from you. We've had some awesome chats on Twitter lately. Yeah, some arguments about the Cardinals stuff. Yeah, I seem to be getting in a, a lot of those these days with. Various people. Yeah. Uh, hey, be good to each other out there. Take care of everybody. Stay safe. Um, it's been a long, strange trip. We almost have to say that just for Jerry's sake. Right. And uh, cheers. The more you know, the more you know, the more you know, it's the more you know. Noble.